Hey, welcome to the Remo Tlale Life and Faith Podcast, a long-form podcast designed to help you thrive in your life as well as in your faith. Hey, just a quick note before you listen to this week's episode of the podcast, we decided midway in the recording to make this a two-part episode because the conversation was wide-ranging and going really deep, but it was going longer than our usual uh, time. So please be aware that at the end, it kind of ends slightly abruptly, but it's because we decided midway to kind of pause it and then pick up the conversation next week in the next episode. So please enjoy this episode and uh, enjoy just Lerato's great depth. Cheers. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Uh, what a privilege it is to be able to have you on here, uh, that you've taken time out of your day, your week, um, your moment in this life to be able to listen to this podcast is a great privilege for me. And hopefully you will find this content helpful to helping you thrive in life as well as in your faith. And today I have an incredible privilege, an incredible honor uh, to have a great friend, a friend of uh, many years and maybe... Hopefully she won't take out any any stories. <laughs> uh, but today I have Lerato Tendai Mube on the phone call uh, or the Zoom call or the podcast. The podcast is what we're doing. The podcast. Uh, so yes, Lerato, friend. welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rimu. Good to be here. Excited to be here on the podcast. I hope I'll be on my best behavior. <laughs> I, I sure hope so I hope so too Although I'm sure there's some people who are listening Who are hoping Please don't be on your best behavior <laughs> let's, let's get some drama uh, yeah. But Lerato, before we, before we dive into all the other questions Can you give the people a little bit of a brief As to who you are? So my name is Lerato Tendai Mube I am a disciple of Christ first um, 28 years old Um live in Joburg and have been living in Joburg for the past, I don't know how many years, 20 plus years. Um, I'm grateful to be here. Uh, I don't know what else Rims wants to know about my background. I was born in Zim and I uh, came here when I was nine. Um, and yeah, I've been living here since then. My mom is South African and she is a disciple of Christ. And that's how I got to know Christ. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention your husband, but I won't tell him. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, you didn't mention that you were married there, but that's okay. <laughs> I am married, and I've been married yeah. for nearly a year. Next week, traditionally, we'll be married a year. Wow. Um, yeah, that's it's been fun. Goodness. It's fun. Good year. I'm married to a handsome hunk. His name is <laughs> oh, Ndabe Nsengube, commonly known as Nda. Um, and yeah, happily married. Nice. No, I was, I was just teasing, but I guess now you got the chance to say he was a, he's a handsome hunk. So if he listens to this, he'll be, he'll be greatly encouraged. <laughs> I hope he will, because he's not just a handsome hunk, but an amazing man in totality. No, he is. He is. He's a good friend of mine as well. So, and maybe this is the this is the time where I say we should probably have him down the podcast at some point. <laughs> But we will we will see how that goes. Um, but yeah, Lerato, we, uh, I mean, I, w- I think I was telling you this before the, the call or the recording started, um, is that, you know, there's, uh, 
the podcast is really born out of this idea of being able to have conversations with people and and obviously mm. for me knowing you i get to to know your story and know a lot of of the the stuff that we will talk about today but i always find it fun to kind of start back at the beginning so to hear kind of your journey you mentioned there that you were, you were born in zim uh, but maybe give us a kind of a picture of lerato as a as a young girl what do you remember as kind of you know the first the first 10 years of your life those formative years what was what was kind of happening in life Yo, the first 10 years of my life, I feel like it was just an adventure. Mm. Um I my parents moved from one city to the other. I was born in Gweru. My mm. father is Shona and originally from Gweru. Okay. So I just moved from Gweru when I think I was we were I was 4 when I moved mm. to Bulawayo, which is another city in Zimbabwe. Mm. And lived in firstly in town before we moved to a house in hillside um and yeah and it was fun i went to a school called sos him and minor primary school i went there from crash to primary school mm-hmm. enjoyed school enjoyed uh being around people but i actually worked better by myself so so i went to an educational psychologist Mm. And they then recommended that I be homeschooled because I don't work well with too many people. So, yeah, so I just remember it being, I didn't have too many friends. It was just Mm. one of those interesting years because I liked being alone. (laughs) And I'm so horrible. I don't have primary school friends. (laughs) I sucked at sports. (laughs) But I loved reading. Uh, Mm. I loved reading. I loved alone um i loved just spending time outside um smelling the fresh air but not around people <laughs> sure okay all right and and how long how long until you moved to sa when did you guys move to south africa so i think i was ten i was nine or ten i'm trying to remember okay. the actual age but yeah then i moved to um johannesburg south of johannesburg Mm. Nice. which is nice. like is the place i refer to as home because Actually. i feel like that's where a lot of the memories happened like mm. my siblings and i and my mom we were all under one house i've got like three siblings two older mm. siblings one younger sibling and so yeah south of jobek naturena is the place to be <laughs> nice and <laughs> And and so did you continue homeschooling when you were in Naturena or was it like, okay, now you've moved from Zim to South Africa, you've got to go back to school? So I, it was a good transition. So when I left Zim, I was still at SOS, still at, um, which is a, I don't know what to call it, normal school. Sure, <laughs> sure. And then I got, we got the recommendation. So when I moved to South Africa, I then went to us. It's a curriculum called ACE. It's more mm. like a homeschooling curriculum, but you do have interaction with other students. Mm. You work in cubicles. It's a very interesting system. You work with paces and you work according to your pace. So, sure. yeah. So when I moved to SA, that's the curriculum I went on to. Okay. Um, yeah, while I was in Naturena. The school was in Monjo. The main mm. school was in Monjo. 
and yeah sure. i'll travel okay. there by bus to and fro nice the good old days when mm-hmm. we did such things anyway um so tell me with the with the not liking people like was that an issue or was it like, you know, do you have to go be with the other kids? Like I'm thinking, because also new, I also know you grew up in church. So I feel like, you know, I almost feel like everyone was forced to have friends at church and, you know, we're forced to be friendly or kind, quote unquote, to the other kids. Like, was it an issue that you remember your mom kind of trying to raise with you and constantly trying to drill out of you or how did that go? Friend, I was rebuked all the time. I was that kid <laughs> that didn't want to be you know like with friends i didn't Mm. want to be friendly i didn't want to be friends with people and my mom definitely uh rebuked me on it but also having siblings forces you to come out of your shell so Mm. my siblings were very intentional especially my older siblings intentional about our relationship intentional about speaking to me uh but my mom definitely rebuked me but still like throughout primary I didn't have a lot of friends at church I had two friends (laughs) and you remember them Uh (laughs) that's how specific it was yeah (laughs) Sandy and Pam those were my two friends if you if you know highlight your girl Dr. Pam Kubega and yeah she's actually been on the podcast so that's cool yeah 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 wow. those are my two friends and they still are my friends and <laughs> no one else <laughs> sure heavy days okay because i mean and we'll, i'm sure we'll get there as you as you grew up because you definitely didn't it didn't stay that way right you didn't stay kind of the isolated do just my own thing and i'm sure there's still times where that happens but but you're definitely very at least now more sociable and get on with a lot of people um but tell me, okay, so we've gone through kind of primary school years, the the whole, you know, studying by your own pace. And then, and then high school, where did you go for high school? Did you just stay at ACE or did you move on? So high school, I moved from the ACE curriculum to normal school in grade 10. Okay. Uh, grade 10, I then um, went to, yo, I forgot my school, Supreme Educational College, SEC. <laughs> okay, H- okay. Yeah. Nice. And, and Look, how was that transition? That transition was interesting because I was going through the teenage phase, mm. but I also wanted to be wild and crazy. I was tired of being alone and I was trying to gain friends. So mm. I went through a reckless moment during the teenage phase, which is sure. grade 10 until grade 12. Um, so yeah, I had, it's hard. They would have thought they were my friends, yeah? but okay. I, I, um, I think they were acquaintances because now that I think about it, we are not friends. So maybe they were seasonal friends. Let me not say acquaintances. They were sure. seasonal friends. They were friends for that season. Okay. <laughs> and, and were they the seasonal friends that you got up to mischief with? Yes. So we had a good time. I mean, I was drinking alcohol with them. Mm. I was learning whether or not I, I want to smoke. And I was coughing, trying to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Got my, my long-time boyfriend in high school then. And, you know, so mm. it was the time where you're trying to figure out, like, what do I want in my life? 
is this what mm. I want? It's partying what I want. Do I enjoy drinking? Do I enjoy partying out? Um, sure. There used to be this, um, it's like, I don't know, it's a pub or whatever where underage kids used to go. It was called VS. So mm-hmm. I would go there and we'd be naughty and we'd be acting cool, you know, trying to act as though we're the best thing. But yeah, I really, that was high school. It was very much that time of figuring myself out. Mm. And so what, what answer did you land with? Because you said you, you were asking the question, do I like drinking? Like, you know, what is, what is cool? So where did you end mm. up landing on those questions? I think it took a, a while for me to find myself. But mm. I remember vividly in, in matric, the year of matric, mm. uh, my, my boyfriend then cheated on me. So sure. <laughs> it was a good wake-up call. And I remember yeah. I was so hurt by it that I I thought to myself, this is not the life I want. You know, I don't mm. want to be with a man that um, doesn't value me enough um, and doesn't, yeah, doesn't have standards. Uh, mm. I mean, he cheated on me. And then we had this newspaper. It was a high school newspaper called Real Coposa. It was named <laughs> after the show Real Coposa. Yes. So how I found out was on the front page of Real Coposa, I was the headline. So embarrassing. Wow. So wow. I knew, number one, I knew that whoever is the editor wouldn't have found this out if they were not friends or mm. had spoke to friends. You know, that's why sure. I, I started off with saying they were acquaintances and maybe friends <laughs> for the season. Because yeah. I was just like, how did this person get that information but also it was so embarrassing and humiliating and I mm. just knew that I didn't want to be around people that are fake and I didn't want to be sure. yeah partying people acted as though they were friends and they were not really your friends mm. and you got drunk and getting drunk didn't take away what you, whatever you were feeling or whatever you mm. were thinking smoking also sure. it was temporary you know um, yeah. so I just landed up on the decision that, you know what, this is not the life I want to live. I want to have real genuine people that are authentic mm. in my life, but I also want to be able to deal with my issues. You know, yeah. I want to be able to deal with whatever's going on. I forgot to say, like when we moved to SA, my parents' relationship was on the rocks. So my parents, mm. um, were now going through a divorce so when we come fast forward to where I was in high school, you know, it had affected me so much um, mm. that I was trying to find an outlet to take away the pain. So mm. I just came to a realization that all of the things I was trying to <laughs> play with or entertain really didn't take away the pain, you know, mm. and really didn't deal with the real issues. Wow. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's real. I, I do want to just, for people who are listening who may not know what real coposa means, I'm just going to, my best get, my best translation is real gossip, uh, for lack of a better term. But ultimately, I mean, high school newspaper, I think, gives the right, the, enough of a picture. Yeah. Um, but it was, there was a TV show that was called Real Coposa. And so that, I, I feel like that's just, you know, your, your, your school's way of kind of a good play on words. 
Uh, but yeah. that is rough. I mean, that is that is hard, hard hitting. I know, you know, some people might be thinking, come on, man, you were in, you know, what are you, 18, 17 at the time? Like, those yeah. relationships don't matter. Like, you know, that sort of thing. But I can imagine for a teenage girl to have your name, you know, front of the newspaper, at school, everybody's seeing it. And the story is not like you've done something incredible. It's actually that, yeah. no, this guy that you've been with, this long-term boyfriend is actually cheating on you. I can imagine how that is a bit of a, of a wake-up call. Uh, a little yeah. bit of it. Okay, can I? Is this really what I want to do? Um, and so, so, did you? What did you do? Did you cut friends off? Did you decide? Okay, I'm just gonna, you know, go back to being a loner. Like, what? What was kind of your your way of dealing with all of that stuff? Yeah. <laughs> so naturally, I, whenever I get hurt by something, I hibernate, <laughs> which means to. <laughs> go to a shell and really think through what has just happened, you know? Mm. Um, and I went into my shell and I, I realized that this, I'm humiliated. I'm feeling a lot of emotions. I mean, mm. he did apologize. Um, you know, it's high school. Yes. It was like our relationship. I started dating him since grade 10, mm. end of grade 10. So it was like a two year and a, a bit relationship. Sure. So put yourself in a teenager's mind. You think, oh, this is the person I'm going to get married to. Oh, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Then you realize, hmm, not the best. So after, after hibernating, I then realized none of those people that were in my life, I want in my life <laughs> going forward. Sure. And I went through a period of yes being alone, mm. but I also went through a period of then fasting for like fifty days, and during those fifty days, I was reading the book of Genesis, mm. um, which is the beginning, mm. and I was making the decision on which church do I want to go to. Mm. Um, you know, growing up in the church, you grow up knowing God and knowing about God and knowing about studying the Bible mm -hmm. and knowing about having certain convictions. Mm. Um, and I just prayed through that to try to figure out, like, is this what I want, you know, sure. before I make the decision? I started mm. hanging around Portia. She was a Portia Jackson. She was an intern then. Mm -hmm. um, so I started hanging around her. And yeah, because I was not going to move from teens to campus. Yeah. At the time, Mama B was the one leading the church. Baba B and Mama B were leading the church in Central, which mm -hmm. is the church I attended. And so I started having conversations with Mama B. And I wasn't scared of her. You know, when you're naughty and you're sinning, you're scared of speaking to people in the ministry. So now, sure. now, that, now that I was now getting my sober mind, um, mm away from my shenanigans yeah. i then was able to approach her without feeling guilt or feeling shame or feeling whatever mm. and just say i'm thinking of studying the bible that's how i started the conversation I'm thinking sure. of studying the bible uh and being a kingdom kid you i had studied the bible three times before then sure. and yeah. i was i just wasn't ready you know mm. i wanted to have fun i wanted to um to explore i wanted yeah. to know that it was my decision 
and I wasn't doing it to make my mom happy because you see all the parents when their kids get baptized, how they look so happy and you want mm. your parents to also look happy. So, <laughs> so I just, um, yeah, so I asked her then, yeah, then I broke up with my boyfriend because I knew that now I'm getting serious yeah. <laughs> about a sure. relationship with God. <laughs> mm. Mm. And I knew that uh, the way we were having our relationship, that's not a godly relationship. So yeah, sure. So so there's two things that you said in there that I want to go back to before we kind of continue on with your story here. One is you mm. said after the newspaper thing, you went into hibernation. Cool, I get that. But then you said you fasted for fifty days and read the book of Genesis. Yeah. When you say fasted, as in water fast or no cell phone fast like what type of fast was that and then not only what type of fast was it but why what what made you feel like no fasting is the right next step because as you're explaining it's not like you were a faithful follower of jesus or someone who was like really in love with god at the time but that seemed to be the the decision that you felt like was the correct next step it's so interesting that you asked that because i think you know my mom ne? She's a mm. prayer warrior. She's she mm. always fasts. Anytime there's like a big decision that she needs yeah. to make, she fasts. Anytime that there's something that's happening, and as she would say, the devil is persecuting or after my family, she fasts. Mm. So mm. growing up in a home, and my grandmother does the same. Sure. Growing up in a home where your mom fasts, and you, I would see like God work in her life. Uh, even though I didn't want to acknowledge that God was working. So yeah. the natural thing was I'm, tr- I'm making a big decision. I'm trying to figure out what I want. The mm. only best way to do it is to fast. Mm. I, what I chose was I chose all the things that I liked. Okay. Um, so chocolate, there was no chocolate. And if you know me, I love my coffee. There was no yeah. coffee. If you know me, I also like sweets. There were no sweets. (laughs) So I chose all the things that I felt made my life comfortable. I slept on the floor. I... For 50 days. For 50 days. And I remember that I'm a... Well, yeah, I was a heathen. Um, (laughs) So at the time, I didn't read my Bible. Yeah, but I I sure. knew what a quiet time is. I knew the concept, okay? Sure. But I didn't have a daily devotional. So now, reading my Bible was also like this big wow for me. <laughs> Not sure. that it was really a wow. But sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So that was uh, that, the first. I'm more challenged by the sleeping on the floor than the reading of the Bible. <laughs> I'll just be honest. Like, I'm, again, I'm, I'm trying to be... I'm 17. I can't remember because you, you matriculated early. So you were 17, right? You finished high school at yeah. 17. So you're 17 years old and you are making the decision for 50 days. I'm going to sleep on the floor because I want to figure out what my next step is. That to me is incredible. Like in my mind, I'm like, you can barely get me to fast for a week now. (laughs) And I'm full time in the ministry. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, anyway, I, I, you know, maybe I'm exposing myself too much there. But but that that's incredible that for you, the example of seeing your mom and your grandmother, that this is how we make big decisions. This is this is the way that we do this. 
uh, led you to a place where you said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's epic. Then the other thing that you said there is that, you know, obviously in our family of churches, and I know there's people who listen to the podcast who aren't part of our family of churches, uh, we have a series of Bible studies that we do and we call it Studying the Bible. And, and really what it is is to help us kind of, you know, know what the Bible calls us to and then make a decision off of that. And, and ultimately the hope is that we would want to choose Jesus to be Lord and get baptized. But you said you had done that process three times before your conversation with, with Mama B, but it was all for the wrong motives. So if you can yeah. maybe think back uh, to, to motives, what, what were kind of some of the motives that came up at the time? Because I think that wrong motives or the, the wrong idea around why I do what I do is, is such a popular thing among young people. Definitely. Yeah, like, and especially when you grow up as a kingdom kid, or, mm. you know, people say PKs, but I feel like all kids who are born in the church are like pks like you're trying so hard to get approval and to people please that you substitute or you minimize your relationship with god uh, Mm. to make people smile and you know that's why god says he looks at the heart but and not the outside or outside actions so for Mm. me definitely when I look look back, my motives were, uh, number one, everyone else is doing it, so I also want to do it. You know, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Yeah. What's so cool on the other side? I also want to get on the other side, you know? Mm-hmm. Then another thing was, um, you know, my mom always spoke so well of those kids that got baptized you know that oh such a good child and you you are you need to work on one two three so you think okay if i get baptized maybe she'll stop being on my case about what i need to work on you see but then also you see how everyone who is a disciple or who is older as a disciple is more receptive to the kids that are disciples or teens that are disciples and if you're not a disciple, they are not like as concerned about you. Or well, that's yeah. how I felt then. Yeah. Um, that they were not as concerned about the kids that are not disciples, and they were only focused on the kids that were disciples. Mm-hmm. So then I also wanted attention. So, mm-hmm. um, cool. Uh, you can judge me if you want, but I also wanted to seek attention. So I also yeah. then studied the Bible for attention. Sure. Sure. <laughs> No, all, all of which are relatable. I feel like that's, that is the journey. And like you say, of a lot of us who grew up in the church, uh, you know, our parents, good, good intention, but putting pressure on us. Uh, yeah. Recently, I think uh, had a, had an interview. I think it might've been, anyway, the, the episode's probably out. Um, but, but, but uh, the guy was saying, no, look, he, for him, um, parents didn't put any pressure. They just said, this is what we do here. If you're here, this is what we do. Uh, so like, you know, would attend church and stuff, but didn't feel like the pressure, which I was like, sure, that's rare. Most of us feel a, a, a level of pressure, whether whether yeah. intentional or unintentional, whether it's our yeah. own perceived thing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we definitely feel a level of pressure. Okay, so then you go to Mama B and you say, hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking of studying the Bible. How, what, what kind of happens from then on? She's so excited. Um and she's like, okay, so the process is you're going to meet with uh, the sister called Portia. 
how often do you want to meet? Do you want to meet just on Sundays? You know? Oh, sorry. Rewind a bit. She first says, finish your exams, because I was writing my matric exams, which is like your your high school exams, your last day high school exams. Um, And so... So then she's, I wait until I finish, um, you know, I then, she then says, okay, you're going to meet with Portia. You, you can meet with her every Sunday. Yeah? Mm. So I'm like, every Sunday is going to take a while. Mm. So also remember, I'm a kingdom kid. We know the study series. We know how many yeah. studies there are. Yes. Uh, so I'm also just like, I know how many studies there are. That's 10 Sundays and we still have Christmas and this and that. So, uh, I think let me let me add more days to sure. the week, so, because I want to get baptized quickly. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. I was an eager beaver, but also I also had to work on certain character sins because sure. another thing is um, you can have obvious sins, but as a kingdom kid, most of the time your sin is character sin because you're so deceitful and manipulative. <laughs> so okay. you need to work through those sins. Sure. So she was she was then like, okay, what do you want to do? So then I was like, okay, to cut on transport because I had a single mom, mm. uh, I'll sleep over at your house mm. and uh, do Bible studies. And it ended up not being just every Sunday, but like for two weeks in December, I was at our house, sleeping over, having Bible studies. But then it didn't just become my Bible studies. I was sitting in in Bible studies and taking notes for people and sharing what I've been learning. So it was like a fun, like actually, what's it, learning while, while actually implementing so mm. it wasn't just study the Bible and come back with a challenge. It was more like living it out with yeah. other disciples. And especially live, live, uh, sleeping over at a ministry person's house, you are always seeing different people coming in and out and seeing how they interact with the people. And through that, you know, whether you like it or not, you are learning, you know, how mm. disciples deal with different things, how to interact with people, how to yeah. deal with different issues, and so it was, it was actually, I feel God training me on how to just um, be, live like a disciple, but also seeing a healthy marriage, you know, mm. because when you've grown up in a household where there was divorce or there's been uh, a breaking of the family, you know, you can miss out on seeing what a healthy family looks like. Um, and so I got that opportunity to then see how her and Baba B interacted and how she served him and how he served her and mm-hmm. seeing how they treated their boys. And, you know, that also gives you, like, a different level of, wow, conviction that, okay, yeah. one day when I become a wife, I want to be a wife that's, like, one, two, three. You know, when mm-hmm. I become a mom, I want to be a mom that's one, two, three. So I got – so it wasn't just the studies but also seeing their lifestyle and seeing yeah. them implement God's word that actually helped convict me. Sure. Wow. That is, that sounds like a, uh, it's almost like an unplanned mission trip. Like, you know, those, those times where you just, that's what I do for, cause I can imagine, I mean, I know December holidays here in South Africa, are just 
it's like free for all you do whatever you want so for two weeks to yeah. be able to do that like you say consistently other people's studies your studies it just sounds like one of those fun kind of uh, seasons and so i'm sure you come out of you come out of a two weeks like that you know shaped pressed and molded uh and and ready to kind of submit you know your life to christ and, and get and get baptized so when when were you baptized i don't i can't even remember yo so you think that with that eagerness ne? my mm. heart and my character was like ready no <laughs> so then we had christmas and we had new year's and then we had the first week of january we didn't have studies then okay. then we had um the second week of january then we had studies mm. but in between this time i hadn't yet got a scholarship i hadn't yet been accepted at a university so a lot of my sin comes out then because now I am so upset. I'm angry at God. How can sure. this God who I've now committed to not want to give me, uh, you know, schooling and this God, he doesn't care about me. So I'm having all mm. these different types of emotions and yeah. my character is being revealed. Yeah. Uguti, yeah. In my mind, I am... I'm thinking or my spiritual level at that time, I don't know if it's level or my, my perception at that time was if you serve God, he should give you back everything you want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sure. it's like, I must just yeah. send my wish list. I've been fasting. <laughs> I've been praying. Yeah. I send my wish list. You give it to me because I'm being a good girl. Yes. So, yes. you know, then all of these things are not working out, you know? Um, and that was a good time to reveal my selfishness, but mm -hmm. also, uh, me just wanting from God and not, you know, actually being willing to serve God wholeheartedly with no expectation. So yeah. my conditional love yeah. to God. Um, so it was a great opportunity for me to then that is revealed. So obviously because that was revealed and we are not making, uh, uh, indoctrinated individuals, we are making yeah. disciples. So we are making actual Christians who need to change their heart and transform their lives mm -hmm. and grow in their character. So Mama B definitely was like, oh, we're going to work on your pride. Girl, we all work on your pride. And you worked on my pride. And I remember, I think that was the first time I I read the book, uh, Guilty, Prideful Soul's Guide to Humility. Mm. Yeah. Oh. So, and then, you know, I was being fine-tuned in terms of, you need to be humble. You know, yes. you need to understand yes. that God doesn't need to give you anything just because mm. you are following his word. And it's like God wanted me to get that lesson early on, you know. Sure. Um, so for the first three weeks of January, that was what we were working on. And then I had to also fast again then. But then this time, Mama B and Portia joined me in my fast. Um, yes. And I think we were having vegetables vegetables and i finally got baptized on the 23rd of march 2011 sure. so that was a whole process oh, wow. <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I dig it i mean like you said it's it's i like that i might even use that as a quote is like you know we're, we're making we're not making religious 
you know, indoctrinated people. The, the, the goal, the hope is that, man, we want to make disciples, people who are truly surrendered to following Christ, wherever that may take them. And like you were, you were beginning to realize is that that didn't just take you to the, the wide road of plenty. It actually can take you to some very uh, tough, tough places where, where God necessarily doesn't pull through the way we want him to. And I'm not saying, you know, our will is the right will. I think there is, you know, we have a perception of what God should be doing in our lives, but we can totally miss the, the, the plot on what he is doing. Um, yeah. But I think this probably bad segue, good segue, depending on who you ask. It, it's a good insight into who you are, because one of the things that I know of you as, as a friend is, is uh, you are an incredible prayer warrior. And, and so now, even as you said, your mom was, your, your, your grandmother was, and then now to hear that even again, you fasted again to say, man, okay, I'm just going to do vegetables because I need to keep, keep this center, keep this front and center. Um, yeah. I want to talk about your prayer life. Like how, other than the example of your, your grand, your grandmother and your mother, how did you cultivate such a deep, sincere, intimate prayer life, prayer walk with God? Hmm. I think it's been a journey, uh, but part of the journey is studying out what people in the Bible did to connect with God, mm. you know, um, unlike us right now, they didn't have the Bible. You know, we are, I think we are like the spoiled Christians because sure. we can just open a book and and see oh Job this is what he did you know David mm. oh look at that mistake we can look at all of that and say oh and judge or you know say I could have done that better or whatever mm. we are spoiled in the sense that God's word is is complete and we've got it and we can learn yeah. from it sure. um so I say that to say that I'm able to learn through studying the Bible, I've been able to learn through studying the Bible that the best way to connect with God is to be still and to pray. Mm. All the great men and women in the Bible prayed. And many of my biblical heroes, which are mostly female, (laughs) prayed. And the reason why, you know what, the reason why I studied a lot of the female characters is because, you know, also as a girl, I struggled becoming a Christian because I felt as though every time on the pulpit we hear about men. Um, So I had to have a deep study into the women in the Bible and grow my convictions from seeing other people who are like me serve God wholeheartedly. So the likes of Hannah, the the likes of Abigail, the likes of Lydia, the likes of um, what's this lady, Elizabeth, the likes of Mary, mm. all of these women, the likes of Martha, um, not Mother the busybody, uh, Moses's sister, mm. what Miriam, Miriam, Miriam not Martha. Yeah. Her name is Miriam. Mm. You know. They were worshippers. They prayed. They fasted, you know, oh. even to the point, I mean, Hannah, the pastor, even though she was drunk, that's how in the spirit she was. She was just focused on God and just humbling herself before God. Um, mm. So you look at that, even Miriam, 
when when God saves them, she's playing her tambourine and leading the women in worship, you know, mm-hmm. and she recites this uh, is a prayer song, um, and and everyone follows, uh, just worshiping God and you know coming mm-hmm. before God. So you see all of those examples, and you see how God felt honored, you know, yeah. He felt loved by just their ability to stop being busy bodies and to yeah. focus on him, you know, and to revere him for who he is, mm. you know, the creator, the all-knowing God. Um, yeah. And through that, you know, my convictions and prayer just grew, you know, sure. reading books about praying without ceasing, you know, what does that look like each and every moment, speaking yeah. to God, having that conversation with God, um, whether it be you are in the car, you are at work, you are going to the shops, you are in the shop trying to make a decision, you know, just be like, God, I don't know what I'm doing here. (laughs) Please help me. You know, um, it just has cultivated my relationship with God in such a way that's indescribable. There's nothing I do without God because of that. Sure. All right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to prayer, but I, I do want to go. Off, you gave me an off ramp there, women and the Bible, because because I think there is there is unfortunately, and I I feel the the the, the pressure is the wrong word. I feel the the need for this because I think I think I get to I get to speak on public platforms. I get to preach, uh, and even a platform like this, uh, where like you say, it can feel like man, the 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 women in the Bible don't get as much airtime and they don't get as much preaching and, and maybe even as in-depth study as, uh, you know, men in the Bible get. Uh, I, I, the one I think is the most popular is obviously Mary, the mother of Jesus, and then probably very closely followed by Esther because everybody can quote, maybe you were there for such a time as this. I feel like those two, yeah. you know, number number two, you know, top two in the world. Um, but 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 you said there that as a little, as a young girl, you looking in, you thought, I don't want to be a Christian because it just seems to be about men. So yeah. for two minutes or however long you need, if you could, li- if you could speak to all the young women, uh, and and maybe even all the women, because I don't know, you know, I don't think they're gonna stop listening now. If they're women who are listening, if you could say something to them about the need to study out, you know, women in the Bible, but also that to be okay with the fact that this isn't a man only religion. Uh, if you could share something encouraging with them, number one, and then two for the men, uh, who quickly gloss over a Hannah because they want to know about Samuel uh, and somehow lose that man. God still used this. This is a, another powerful person in the scriptures and she's also a woman. Um, please, this, the floor is yours. <laughs> Thank you. Well, to the young women or the women, I think it's always important not to be clouded by society and the world. I think the reason why I thought the way I thought was because I read a lot of books that villainized men, Mm -hmm. but also spoke to religion religion being a man-made thing, but also a a sense of a way men control women. So when you first understand God's character and you understand who he is, you are able to relate to the women in the Bible, but you're also able to work on not looking at it as a men-made religion or a men-led religion. Uh, you're able to see it as God-led. 
and God has yeah. certain roles for all of us. D- different personality, different races, different colors, different shapes. He's got yeah. a role for everyone. He has no favorites. He's not he's not a God that discriminates or wants to harm us. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's given us his word. If we obey his word and we listen to it, uh, there's a lot of things that we can grow in. So I would say study your word, study out the women, but remove all that garbage that you hear from the world. Yeah. To the men, I think it's important to learn more about the women in the Bible so that you can encourage the women that you interact with to mm. become stronger in the faith, but also for you to understand some of the mistakes that the men made at that time. <laughs> uh, because a lot of these examples, some of the examples, there were things that were going on. And the reason why God then made Deborah the judge, <laughs> you, yeah. you know, and you get to learn, okay, what was the state of what was going on at that time? And it teaches you as a leader how to grow in your leadership and how to grow in being godly. So, yeah, without going into Amen. too much detail. <laughs> I love it. That, that right there is worth the price of admission. And, and, and uh, I, I say that because I, I think on both ends, you're so right. So uh, if you need to, I know people listen at one and a half speed or two speed. Uh, this might be one of those sections in the podcast. You've got to rewind, actually get your notebook out, stop the run uh, and actually listen to that. Because I think that is incredible advice. So Lerato, thank you for that. Um, but let's get back to prayer. If you, if you kind of think back over the years, um, have there been seasons of your life where prayer has felt hard? And if so, what kind of helps you get out of that, that space? Mm. I think definitely with disappointments, um, mm. you know, <laughs> again, you know, you, you live a, you, as a disciple, you live a good life in terms of being a good person. Sure. But you all, we always get it wrong in that we think being a good person means that not a lot of bad things are going to happen to you. Sure. So I think definitely with disappointments, it's been difficult to, uh, to pray. Um, examples would be, you know, I once failed, I think it was in second year, I failed a course uh, and in my on my scholarship I had to have a certain percentage in order for my scholarship to keep paying. Mm. And I remember it was one of those moments where it's like, yo, that means I won't be able to finish my degree, you know, and I had to have a meeting with my scholarship. It wasn't nice. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that have happened over the years. Disappointments, you like a guy, he doesn't like you, but you yeah. Let's just leave it at that. And then you think, oh, God, you know, uh, you know, you, you graduate, you do well, you, look, you don't get a job, then you're jobless, unemployed, you've got mm. responsibilities, you can't be sitting and um, eating food without thinking of how to make money. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, there's a lot of different disappointments where it's been hard to pray health issues you have health sure. issues and you yourself don't even know 
are you going to come through with, you know, yeah. out of this health issue? Um, you know, you like a guy for four years, he doesn't like you. You know, that's my husband. Yeah, AKA come on. Husband. I can use See, yeah, prayers do get answered. <laughs> <laughs> but while you're going through it, it's a disappointment that you have to keep mm. praying about. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And so what do you do? How do you get through that? How do you get how do you get back into praying? How do you get back into man, I'm just gonna do this even though it doesn't feel great? You know I'd be lying if I said, Oh, you just pray and you'll get it it will get better. Or you just read your Bible and it will get better. Because the reality is when you are in that state, Satan attacks you more than ever. So your thoughts and your mindset is completely ungodly. I'm so sorry, at times. Even your prayers, you know, you're like David in some way. He is saying, just kill all my enemies and all of that. You're just speaking a whole lot of nonsense in your prayers. And not because it's you are, you know, it's bad or whatever. You you are revealing your heart to God so that he can help you. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that you are not in a good mental space. Okay. Um, and you are not able to handle whatever's going on by yourself. Mm-hmm. So the best to get to answering your question, um, what a roundabout way to answer your question. But um the the way I've dealt with those situations was my friends, mm. you know. I went through periods when I didn't have friends, high school and primary. But guess what? Campus, mm. I learned that in order to fight the good fight, you've got to have good friends around you. People that are going to call you high. People that are, go- are going to remind you when you are losing your mind and your emotions are all over the place. That Jesus is Lord, hey? Let's mm. go back to his word. Let's meditate on his word. Let's pray together. Let's fast together. I remember in my first year of discipleship when we were fasting about funding, you know, all the sisters that we stayed with, we were all fasting together on the floor. We we took away the beds, the luxury of sleeping on the bed, and we all fasted mm. together on the floor. You know, we did worship nights together we did all night prayers together just mm. so that we could feed Christ into our hearts and get over the disappointments and the hardships mm. of not having or, you know, of dealing with the different things we were dealing with at the time. Wow. Sure. Okay, so if I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're saying for you, what's helpful is when you feel like you can't pray, or even when you are praying, and it's really dark and it's like you said, it's, it's David in the in some of his more interesting psalms that it's actually having people around you who can can you can talk to, you can share with, but also who can pray with you and that they can have actually help to kind of almost that whole idea of, you know, they have your faith and carry you for a while. And then when, you, when they need you, you carry them in their faith for a while. If, if I'm hearing you correctly, that's what you're saying kind of helps you through those darker times. Definitely. And them calling me mm. higher. Mm. Um the reason why you have to have the calling higher is because I'm a strong character. And so if I, I have to have strong friends that call me higher. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
So even yeah. in my sin, I'm very strong character in my sin. So I need someone who is going to be like, eh, eh. Yeah. Come Not back to work. the word. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, sure. That is so funny. Okay, no, that that is that is very helpful. Um, and 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 right now, Lerato, what does it look like for you? Kind of, if if you had to give us a, a a snapshot picture into your prayer life at the moment, what do you what do you do? What are some some things that help you to connect very deeply with God? Okay, so I love this feature on the Bible app. You know how mm-hmm. people tell you they're going through different things, ne? And we sometimes say, I'll pray for you. And then sometimes we don't really pray. Well, I've noticed it in myself. So what I've done is, you know, there's an option on the Bible app. Dad taught me this. I have to give him, you know, a shout out. Otherwise, he's going to be like, ah, you're busy using my ideas. (laughs) (laughs) And then I, um, there's a prayer thing. You put the prayer list. And so what, and then you put reminders. So during the day, Let's say at 11, you know, you get a reminder. At 1, you get a reminder. So I pray for different people based on whatever they've told me. And I've told them that I'm praying for them. Um, so that's so that's been a new addition to my prayer life. I pray yes. through, throughout the day. I have conversations with God throughout the day. So it's a very interesting question because I think I pray the whole day. Sure. You know, Coming into my coming into this uh, uh, this um, discussion with you, podcast, I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what's gonna come out. Let's go through it. You know, like so. That's just an example. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm always yeah. having conversations before a meeting. While I'm in a meeting, I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even people have called me. I'm like, oh God, I don't know what are these people saying. <laughs> God help me to be patient. <laughs> God help me to be kind. You know, I, I have conversations with God throughout the day. It's just mm-hmm. one of those interesting things. But to pray for people, that's been one of the main things that I've had to grow in in my yeah. prayer life. To actually put their names down, put their prayer requests, pray for them throughout the day and actually take it off and ask them, how's it going with yes. this? How's it going with that? Take it off, take it off. You know, yeah. and see God work. It also helps me in my faith, you know, and mm. seeing, wow, God has answered that prayer. God has dealt with that situation. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. Very cool. Okay. That, 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 is, that is very, very helpful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, quick one. While you listen to this episode, I just want to remind you of a partnership with Good Cup. Good Cup is a South African female-owned coffee brand with a mission to provide good coffee while driving community engagement and service. Good Cup also provides coffee truck event services throughout the city of Johannesburg for special occasions. So if you are having a wedding, an event, or a conference that you require coffee for, please email them at goodcupbrand at gmail.com. And if you love coffee, like I do, uh, then the great news for you is that this partnership allows you to get a discount on any single Origin Coffee purchase that you make on their website. And all you have to do is type in the discount code code FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, FAITH, uh, on checkout and it will apply to your purchase. So please go check them out. We'll have links to the business on in the show notes. Enjoy the rest of the podcast.
Thank you for listening. For more thought-provoking conversations, subscribe to the Rima Klale Life and Faith Podcast. Please like, review, and share so that we can continue to help others thrive in their life as well as in their faith.